You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest is Logan Gruber. Logan is a 67-kilo weightlifter. He just competed at the national championships and American Open finals, so I wanted to get him on here to talk about his performance and everything that goes into his training, weight cutting, leading up to a competition, and everything in between. Super fun interview. I was really excited to share this one, so let's send it over to Logan now. Logan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to talk some weightlifting here. Let's go. Yeah, I figured we'd uh, just get into your background a little bit, how you got into the sport, and then we'll kind of break down nationals and AO finals this weekend. So what got you started into weightlifting? Um, well, I so I always was lifting because I played football basically my whole life. Um since I was around five years old, honestly, um, I played football and then just all other sports. So I was always lifting or doing some sort of training. And as I got into college, um, our strength coach actually had a background in some sort of weightlifting. I know he had his USA level one. Um, so he tried to implement some sort of, um, you know, power cleans and power snatches, not like the full lifts or anything, but in our football training, we did some cleans and snatches. Um, at the time, I didn't know it was a sport, but I always, I always thought cleans were cool, um, snatches were cool. And then as I got done with football, I was kind of just a lost, wandering soul. But I always liked training. Um, honestly, during football, I, I loved football, but I always loved training. Like training was what I thrived at. I, was, I made D2 football, so obviously I was like a decent player, but I was never like super stud or anything but I was always great at training. Um, and I just loved it. Um, so as I got done with football, I still wanted to train and I always liked the weightlifting aspect of it. So I kind of was searching YouTube and such, you know, and you stumble upon Klokov, you stumble upon John North, you know? Um, and I was like, Oh, this is a sport, you know? And as I kind of got into it, I got into my first meet back in, um, I think July of 2018. And I fell in love with it. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a coach. Um, I think I took my opener three times in the back room. So I just was, uh, I remember it was in July and it was hot and I was just sweating in the back room taking, I think I probably took 15 to 20 warmups before I even took my opener. Um, and I ended up doing like decent for local meet. You know, I took, I think I took third as a 73. I think I actually went like he went 94, uh, like 122 or something like that. So I was, I was pretty strong, but my technique was garbage. Um, and I, I was actually training and lifting at a CrossFit gym, um, just a local CrossFit gym. I was out in the corner, uh, just lifting by myself. Um, and then I got reached out to by, um, a gym here in Milwaukee Barbo, which is my team now. They're like, Hey dude, um, you know, we'd love to have you come out and see if you, um, kind of click with the team. Um, see what our coach thinks of you. And at the time I was like, I'm good. You know, like I'm making some progress, you know, I can teach myself off YouTube. Uh, and I really wanted to make American open. 
Um, and I remember I just could not get there. Like I was running into a wall. I could not make it. And eventually I kind of caved and I was like, all right, I'll check these guys out. Um, and they started coaching me up and I actually made nationals a couple months after that. Um, and I made nationals basically purely off my strength background. I had no business being there. I got absolutely uh, dumpstered on. Um, I basically, I ba- like I made the qualifying total, like the minimum qualifying total. I went, um, I think I snatched a hundred and clean jerked 128 or something. And then uh, Jake Horst was there. I think he went like 130, 165 or something. And uh, that was when I was like, oh, okay. I need to get a lot better at weightlifting. Um, I'm kind of rambling. So you can ask any other question or stop me at any point. But at that point I was like, all right, my coach is uh, Nate Stemo. Um, I was like, all right, Nate, like break me down. Like let's do what we got to do. So that's when I, we basically just restarted everything and we're building back up and finally starting to see some of the uh, rewards, you know, that's awesome, man. When you were in the CrossFit gym, did you ever, you know, like once you're starting to run into the wall, are you like, oh, maybe I could do CrossFit? <laughs> so actually when I first, so I went out to school in South Dakota, I moved back here and that's when I found the CrossFit gym. I was like, I can do some weightlifting stuff here. And I actually, when I first went there, they're like, well, we, like they, they didn't know who I was. So they're like, we don't want you lifting by yourself, you know? So like you got to do like the CrossFit classes and stuff. So I actually did do a little bit of CrossFit until they realized like, okay, he knows kind of what he's doing. He can lift by himself. So I did, I did dabble in a little bit of CrossFit. Um, not for me, just not, not for me, okay. <laughs> honestly. So I mean, I, it's cool. I mean, I, I respect people that do it, but yeah, no, not a, not a temptation in my eyes. Yeah. It's just like the CrossFit culture. There's so many people who get into weightlifting from CrossFit, but I think once you, once you kind of hit that peak where you're not going to take your training to the next level, it's CrossFit's always there where it's like, Oh, I could be like pretty good at this and, and progress. And it's like fun. And there, my friends are there. See, like the thing that people like about CrossFit is what I hate about CrossFit. Like, I'll talk to CrossFitters and be like, oh, I don't know how you do weightlifting. It's like, I get so bored. It's the same two things, you know, over and over. And it's like, I don't get how you do CrossFit. It's a billion different things. You never, I could never get good at that. I'd much rather do the same two things over and over until I can perfect it, you know, or excel at it. So it's just, it's just funny that way. Do you think you've always had that mindset? Like as a kid, were you always like, let me be, really good at something like as you're training for football and stuff Dude, like that. that's why I, well that's why i did football um like i was so stubborn um and like i was when i tell you i was never great at football like i always did football and i always my in my mind i was like i'm going d1 no matter what you know no matter what anybody says um and i was never honestly that great but i was just so stubborn that like i would not let anybody tell me that i wasn't gonna go d1 so I was at every single workout, every summer, 5 a.m. You know, I never missed a workout. I was that kid. And out of high school, um, I got some offers to go to some D3 schools, you know, and I was like, no, I am not a D3 player. You know, I'm a scholarship player. So I ended up actually going to a junior college at first because um, I didn't get any other offers. Um, so I went to a junior college for a year and I ended up actually ending up D2. So I didn't make D1, but I did not go D3, which was in my, looking back, 
I definitely could have gone D3. Like it would have been fine. But in my head, I was so stubborn. I was so set on not ending up D3, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I guess that's just that's kind of a toxic mindset. <laughs> yeah. Just the hard headedness. Yeah. I mean, it works out in some ways, but it also kills me in other ways. So. Yeah. To- I think it, it's very conducive to weightlifting though. <laughs> like yeah, you're literally, and- you're snatching and clean and jerking basically every day. And that's we, it. We, we joke about that like a lot, like to be like that next level weightlifter, you kind of, kind of be almost a little bit stupid, you know, just to be able to like tap into that next level. Like you got to have something in your head that, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit off. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone has that. And it's, it's like kind of, as you go through your program through the week, it's like Monday snatch, Tuesday, clean Wednesday, snatch, Thursday, yeah. clean, clean and jerk yeah. Friday powers, Saturday, full lifts. And it's yeah, like, it's funny. Like people, I'll walk in the gym and people will be like, Oh, what do you got today? I'm like, snatch, clean and jerk, squat, pull. Like, why are you even asking me this? You know, it's, it's going to be the same thing tomorrow. <laughs> so I, so I texted you, um, Saturday, the day you competed, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell happened before you competed at nationals? Oh my, that was very stressful. So, okay, so we have an amazing gym where we're at now. We have Milwaukee Barbell. It is in this building that is attached to a CrossFit gym. Um, so we have our own separate, like, side of the gym um, while the CrossFit gym operates on their side of the gym. And it works out really well 99% of the time. Um, and this last weekend, the same weekend as Nationals, um, they were hosting a CrossFit Level 1 seminar. They've, it's been on the schedule for months now. Um, we knew it was happening. Everyone knew it was happening. So once we found out that um, Nationals and AO was getting pushed online, we're like, okay, well, we got to find a place to go. Hope, like ideally it would be at our gym, but we knew that that was that level one was happening. So we went up to the owners. Um, we said, is it okay if we're here that day? Cause the gym was supposed to be closed that day. Like, and cause if it wasn't, if we weren't allowed to be there, we would have set up something else. We had plenty of, notice um we asked them they're like oh yeah that's awesome that you want to do it here yeah that should be totally fine because it's opposite sides of the building shouldn't get in the way at all we're like okay sweet and then friday night the night before the meet we're like just making sure we're about to set up here is this still okay they're like yes definitely like they even asked us what time they're like can we come watch you know blah 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 like sweet so we do all this setup, you know, we bring all of our comp plates, we have our comp set, we, we tape off the area, you know, we set, we set up the Zoom, you know, got the Wi-Fi tested, we have everything set. I go to bed the night before, not worried about a thing, have everything set up, wake up, I'm supposed to weigh in at 10 a.m., it's around 8.30, 8.40, I get a call, and it's, um, it's my, one of my teammates, he's helping us set everything up, he's like, hey, just got a call from the owners, um, we're going to have to move. Um, they said that we cannot lift in the building today. And apparently what happened was the CrossFit HQ, because our gym wasn't actually running it. CrossFit HQ runs the level one um, through our gym. Um, and CrossFit HQ came in and they said, if you're not paying to be in the, for the class, you are not allowed to be in the building. So yeah, like we had, we had no other choice. So we get on the phone and luckily we have, pretty good connections with some other gyms. So we were able to kind of scramble and get some stuff set up. Um, but it was like, it was so last minute, like, um, 
like yeah it was it was stressful but luckily luckily it turned out but yeah i mean that it was rough i was sweating for sure and you have a lot of other stuff going on like you're cutting weight for this meet you're trying to taper so walk us through kind of that process like the week leading up what's the taper like when are you starting to reduce calories stuff like that um so i lift as a 67 so i do basically the same thing every time the first couple meets that I did this because I typically water cut I I think I bombed out my first meet I did it and the second meet I I almost bombed out so it takes a couple meets to like really figure it out um but typically so I lift as a 67 I typically will train between like 69.5 upwards to like a little bit maybe above 70 um and about two to three weeks before I try to get that number down below 69. So like 68.5 is like the sweet spot. If I can be 68.5 about two weeks out, that's when um, like I know I'm set up pretty well. So then two weeks out, we kind of lead up to like more of a max out day. So it's usually lighter, um, lighter throughout the week. So that's pretty easy to reduce calories. You know, like you're not training super hard besides that one, like, one week out max out day that's like the really the one um the one heavy day which luckily this um week or this year it was things the thursday was thanksgiving so i got to really eat a lot you know that was my last like big meal so we'll max out on friday saturday would be like a strength lift and then that sunday is usually where i really start like dialing in my cut um so sunday that sunday if assuming i lift on saturday like this year so like about a week out I'll cut out my creatine. I can usually count on like, like two, two-ish pounds just purely off the creatine. Um, oh, wow. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So like, that's like, that's like, I can bank on that typically. Um, and then the water cut, I don't know if you've ever done a water cut, but if you can nail this down, like this will like save your life. You basically don't even have to diet really. Um, <laughs> it's like a cheat code. So like Monday I will drink about like, uh, like a gallon of water on day one. Day two, you will drink about a gallon and a half to two gallons of water. Day three, you will drink about two to three gallons of water. And then you will repeat that for one more day. And then on the day before your meet, you will go back down to drinking like a normal human amount of water. And if you cut out salt and everything, you basically will, you'll pee like 30 times that day and you're not taking in a bunch of water. And I can lose about two and a half to like three kilos without really even trying. Are and you then, waking up all night to pee during this? Oh yes, a hundred percent. I'm I'm married, so my wife. I feel so bad because my wife hates me. But yeah, I'll, you wake up like three or four times to pee. But I mean, then you don't have to diet because before when I when I was first starting to cut down to sixty seven, I would have to be on a diet for three to four weeks leading up to a meet. You know, and if you're in a calorie deficit, you're not getting optimal training. You know, so what's more important leading up to a meet? You know, like you know, making like cutting your calories or getting really good training and all the way up to your meat, you know, you need to be, because if you're feeling like crap, the whole month leading up to meat, you don't even have any confidence to lift. So, I mean, I definitely will prioritize that. Yeah. And I think as you get to the higher level, the higher levels of weightlifting, that's when you start water cutting. So I, anyone listening, who's a beginning weightlifter, if you're competing in a local meet, you do not need to water cut. This no. is for people who are going to no. go, go <laughs> to nationals. Yeah, for sure. If anything, probably go up a weight class, honestly, depending on what your body fat looks like. But 
Yeah. And honestly, when you, when you weight cut, you really got to like trust the weight cut too, because like once you, before you cut off water that like day before, you're probably going to be like three kilos over what you need to be at, but you just got to trust it. Cause if you end up like being only one kilo over before you water cut, you're going to end up like two kilos too light. And then you're, that's when you're going to like black out or something when you're lifting. And then that, that's, that's what I did the first time when I ended up actually bombing out. It was awful. It takes some practice. Did you discover this method by yourself or do you have somebody helping you with this? Um, so I'm very fortunate. Um, my coach, Nate Stemo, he was like a junior, he's like junior world's team. I mean, if you just watched this last meet, he took, uh, bronze and nationals, he took silver nationals last year. Like he's just right on the edge of any international team. He's a very good lifter. And his wife, Jesse Stemo, um, formerly Jesse Bradley, um, is like world's team member. I mean, she's international team member. So I'm like very fortunate to be surrounded with some pretty, um, uh, uh, experienced lifters that can, you know, have actually helped me progress and learn a lot. Um, which is good for anybody. If anybody has the opportunity to lift and train with, um, experienced lifters, like that would help you more than you'd ever know, honestly. Yeah. So that environment and kind of, yeah even just like being in the same room as, as somebody who's elite, you can yeah. just pick up on different things. Like um, if you ever end up, well, not even like a national, like nationals or anything, but even like an American open series, like anything where you can be around all of those lifters um, in like a training hall environment, you just look around and you see all these different lifters and you pick up on so much stuff. It's actually crazy. Yeah, man. And I think like, that's one of the reasons I have the podcast. Like I get to take tips from you. I get to take tips yeah. from, from Jake and Daniel yeah. Gunnan and Kelly Wild. And it's People like, I'm going to estimate that stuff. And it's, it's like, you don't have to use what I'm talking about water cut, but like you can try things and like, you can pick up what works for you, you know? And like, that's how you learn. Like, Yeah, man. I just, I feel like I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to have to do all the peeing that is required. It, it, it is the worst part, especially if you work a day job. Um, my, my, my job, I end up driving a lot. Um, so um, one, one of the days, I think uh, Thursday, I ended up having to drive from Milwaukee to Madison, which is about an hour drive. I had to drive there and back throughout the day. And I think I had to stop three times. It was, uh, and it sucks too, because you can't eat anything. So it's just like, you're just stopping basically not even to get gas or anything just to find a bathroom. It definitely is the worst part. So let's get into meat day. So you do the cut, you, everything's on point. You finally find a gym. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your warm up routine look like? How are you getting ready? Well, like post weigh in. Yeah. Let's just say you weigh in. So you weighed in like exactly on point, right? Sixty-seven point zero, yes. So this is that's what I'm saying. Like the my, I'm finally getting the water cut to be like just super dialed in. So yeah, that was definitely one of my best. Um, no wasted weight this time. So that was really nice. And I eat the same exact thing every single meet. No, no variables. I've got it down. Um, I eat a. This kind of sounds weird, but I'll get like a wrap. I'll put peanut butter. I posted it on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. It was a wrap. I put peanut butter in it. It's got honey on it. It's got bananas on it. And then some dark chocolate chips. I'll make like two or Ooh. three of those. And I just absolutely hammer those. This is my go-to. 
so you're eating pretty much all all carbs and and quick sugar as much like carbs and sugars and i'll i'll just chug a peel like really quick too they say you're not supposed to eat fats like before but i like to eat some fats like in the peanut butter just because i need calories and it's super calorie dense without like eating like a ton of volume yeah exactly that's that's pretty good and that so like what's so post weigh-in what are you doing uh if people don't know weightlifting you have a two-hour window so you're weighing in two hours before sometimes it feels like forever so i usually eat like a like i probably eat more than most people would tell you you need to eat some people are like you should eat like what you normally would eat before you you know before you would train or something but no i'm trying to get as heavy as I can possibly get. <laughs> this is pure physics at this point. You know, mass moves mass. <laughs> but no, I'll usually eat like as much as I can. And then honestly, like I would just try, I try to stay off with my feet as much as I can. You know, I'll just lay around. Um, like I'll just lay flat on the ground for as much time as I can. And um, usually, so what's, what's different about this meet is that I usually really try to like visualize like myself on the platform and this meet like the whole week leading up I was visualizing myself at my gym you know and then the environment just completely changed so I was really trying to uh, use that like couple hours to you know visualize myself on this new platform you know like it's a new spot Um, you know so I just really try to stay off my feet as much as I can um, until you get to like that 30 minute mark and then it's it's go time you know start moving around was there a baseball practice going on when you were lifting <laughs> so yeah so this this facility that we were lucky enough to get to is an amazing facility um it has like i think it's got like 20 platforms it's got like everything in the world that you would need but literally behind me was is they have like a 40 yard like turf field um and then they have like a volleyball court and a basketball court and there's like there was a baseball practice going on and there's like honestly like 60 kids like ages like 10 to like 12 in there and that, that was going on and like, like when I was lifting I didn't notice it but like I was definitely concerned about it I was like this might throw me off a little bit could you hear that on the live stream yeah it was funny because I was <laughs> like I'm I'm pretty sure like they're playing baseball behind like yeah and this I is ended up, I think they ended up muting our stream actually because at the beginning you could I kind of watched it back and you could hear us at the beginning then towards the end, I think they ended up muting us or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. I, that just shows you, man. Like any adversity, and especially twenty twenty, like yeah, you, you honestly, can't ex- you can't saying. expect much more. But like, just any time, any time you get to lift and can compete you're gonna go out and show up and do the best you possibly can Dude, that's honest that's honestly what i was thinking it was like when i got the phone call that said you can't lift at the gym anymore i was like of, of course you know like um, like of course that's what's gonna happen i'm not even gonna be able to lift today but yeah once we found the spot yeah i didn't i mean i was mad about it you know but i was like dude, i don't it doesn't really matter dude they have like we've got a barbell we've got plates dude like it's the same thing no matter where you're at why does it matter Yeah. And I think weightlifting can be like pretty routine oriented. So like you want to have your shoes and you want to have your wrist wraps and you want to have everything be kind of nothing left to chance. And when it is, it's kind of, it can be debilitating if you're not um, like on your mental game. When they first announced that um, it wasn't going to be in Atlanta anymore and it was going to be, I was going to, well, I thought I was going to lift at the gym. At first I was like, I was super upset because I was like picturing myself on the big stage, you know, at the first time 
and for it felt like forever. You know, but then I tried to think of like the positives, like what are some positives that I, you know, about this being local now? And I was like, well, I'll be in my gym. I'll do the same routine I do every single day. You know, I'll be super comfortable. And then of course, you know, that gets taken out too. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us kind of through your, uh, your routine when you're walking on the platform, taking an attempt, like what's going through your mind? What are you thinking about? <laughs> So I get, I get made fun of all well recently because when I walk up to, I don't know how bad I did. I think I was a little bit faster um, in the meet, but like in training too, like I'll walk up to the bar and I'll get down the bar. I'll grab the bar and I'll literally be down there for like 45 seconds. Like I'm like on the bar. Like I, I don't like pacing around too much. Like some people will pace around and then just go walk up the ball and just bar and just yank on the bar. Like I'm like, I get on the bar as fast as I can. And I just like, will sit down there <laughs> until like, I'd much rather do my thinking like on the bar. Um, that's ba- like, that's basically my routine, you know, chalk up, you know, think in my head a few cues and then get on the bar and just wait until I'm ready to go. You know, I'm just, I, I try not to think about anything is really what I try to do. By the time you get to the bar, if you're trying to think of stuff, it's probably too late. So especially in a meet. Yeah. I think that that's like, and we talked about a little bit like weightlifting. It's not really coming down to strength at that point. It's like, do you believe that you can lift the weight? It's already done. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but in a meet, especially when you're capered, very rarely you will pull on a lift that feels heavy on stage. You know, like you, it feels like nothing like you're tapered and you're got the adrenaline going. It's just like, how disciplined can you be? You know, how, hard did you practice like train how hard did you practice you really just got to trust it that's going to be there you know once you start thinking and you start to do something a little bit different you know that's when you've already you know you screwed yourself yeah it's almost just like eliminate as much thought as you possibly can exactly yeah honestly especially when you're at that max weight you know if you if you are thinking about something and you're you hesitate even a split second you know yeah it's it's over (laughs) it's too late (laughs) So, all right, let's break down the clean and jerks a little bit. You had, uh, you missed your first two. So basically you're about to bomb out. If you don't make the third (laughs) rep, you get zero as your total. So what's, what's going through your mind when you're in the back and you got to go up a kilo and you know, you need this lift. Well, okay. So if you don't know about the, the virtual thing, so typically in a, in a meet, if you, if you bump up a kilo, they have to change the weight and that takes like a good 15 to like 20 seconds easily to change the weight. And they, they change the board, you know, and you have, that buys you some time. So I miss, I end up missing 138 on a press out call, which. It was know, debatable. It was, I don't, I don't think was, it was a press out. I did. It didn't show it on the board. I would have been curious, but I, I would have thought it was either two white lights, one red light or one white, like two reds. I wish I w- it didn't show it, but I, I thought it was like 50, 50. Um, but that was at 138. I got the, the, I got called on the press out and there was another guy at 138. So I was like, all right, well, you know, um, I'll either have my two minute clocks. I'll follow myself if he bumps up or he'll take 130 and I have my minute and he, <laughs> he ends up waiting until it switches to him. So I lose my two minute clock and then he bumps up. So then I only have 60 seconds. And they didn't, since I went up to 139 and they didn't take the time to reload, 
because they assume the bar is loaded, they start at the clock immediately. So I went from getting called for my press out to basically having to take 139 in like 60 seconds. And I'm sitting on my chair thinking I have a couple minutes, um, taking my knee wraps off, you know, getting ready, getting ready to just to take a, a second. And then my coach is like, you're up. And I'm like, oh God, and it takes me a good 25 seconds to even get my knee wraps back on. You know, so I, luckily for me, I didn't really have much time to think at all. You know, so maybe that actually um, played to my advantage. But yeah, there was no way I was getting called for a press out on that last one. I, I caught it as high as I possibly could. I didn't really care about my technique at that point. I was like, my elbows are not breaking on this. <laughs> um, because especially I knew where I was at. I think I was, I was either, if I made the lift, I either took silver or I missed. And obviously I, I get a zero total. So it's either between totaling, uh, getting silver in total or getting nothing. So I was like, there's no way I'm missing this lift. That's a great mindset to have. I think so many people would have like a panic moment in that. Like, yeah. oh, I might bomb out. I might bomb out or I need to do yeah. everything perfect. And it's like your kind of mindset is like, no, I'm doing whatever it takes to hit this list. Well, it's, it's tough because it's like you either get a zero total or you get a 250 total. So that, that lift is worth 250 kilos technically, you know, so it's for all the money right there. Just watching some of the jumps man i saw i don't know like how big a fan of of weightlifting that you are but oh, i like, watched all weekend yeah. yeah dude my eyes were bleeding by the end of the weekend yeah. like i was just yeah. weightlifting every session but like some of the jumps I, I was just very curious as like i know um grimsland went up like 17 kilos and i was just like what yeah but he, I, he needed to hit that total yeah if you don't if you don't know like what's going on as far as like teams and stuff go, it wouldn't make any sense, but he needed that, um, that I think 168 or 167 clean and jerk. Cause he ended up only snatching 125, only 125. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that, that was what he tried to open with. So obviously he is expecting to hit more, um, which a side note, I'm pretty sure he clarked his opener at 125. Yeah, he, he did. Did you watch it? So yeah. that's just shows how ballsy that dude is. Um, I have major respect for that kid, actually. <laughs> He's the kid's a psycho um, in a good way. Um, but, yeah, he needed that 167, and he actually almost got, like, I mean, he made a decent shot at it. Yeah, he did. But I, I don't know what he ended up, what he opened, did he open with 150? He opened with 150, and it and was like, it was a joke, and then he just went right to 167. I think it's just so cool. Like, this, to be fair, this isn't a weightlifting podcast. This might be a tangent, but – uh, just watching <laughs> yeah this one is if if you're if you made it this far then you're definitely yeah. a fan of weightlifting yeah. but like just kind of watching the strategy it's so cool and i that's why i had uh, will on barbell stories because yeah. he kind of puts an actual story to all what's going on like if you're a spectator and you have no idea what weightlifting is and you're like why did that person just jump up 35 pounds yeah. like but then he it, explains what happened in the back room you know and yeah yeah, it's just I'm definitely like a like a freak when it comes to weightlifting. Just all that strategy and stuff. We it's saw that cool. a lot this weekend. Where, um, yeah, a lot of people would hit like a pretty easy opener. It will. It seemed like, and then would make like a 10 kilo jump, which is if you're not into weightlifting, 10 kilo jump is huge. Like four or five kilos, pretty standard. So it's like double standard. But I think a lot of people were like Ryan. Like he hit that 150 clean and jerk. I think he hit that 150 clean jerk to put him on the board. So he had a, at least a nationals medal. I think he took third. Um, and then after that, 
he didn't really care about anything else besides, you know, making the Pan Ams team. Um, so I think that was the strategy for a lot of people, just hit one to get on the board, put up a total. And then after that, just kind of send it, you know? Yeah. And I guess this was just like a all or nothing type of meet where like, if you don't really total, was. I guess people just didn't care. No. Like, I mean, you saw that was with like a lot of people like CJ, I think he, he, he hit 182 clean jerk and then he put 200 on the bar. Like he didn't, after he hit the 182, he didn't really care. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was fun to watch though. I think there's just the craziest thing I saw like in USA weightlifting is how high above like the top level lifters are. Is, is there like, do you get discouraged at all when you see Jake total 291 and hit these huge snatches? Like, does that discourage you or does that make you want to work a little bit harder? It does. It definitely doesn't like discourage me. Like it would definitely, it definitely makes me work harder, but in my head, it doesn't allow me to be, it sounds really bad, but it doesn't allow me to be like happy with anything. Like this weekend, um, I had a really hard time, like even enjoying, um, I, t- if it, people don't know, I took silver in AO finals, which if you asked me a year ago or even two years ago, if you told me that I would do that, I would be freaking out. Like I wouldn't believe you probably, but I, I took silver in AO finals, um, going two for six too. So like, I didn't even have a good meet and I still, still took silver. And I literally was like, all right, what are we doing Monday training wise? Because I need to get so much better. Like I didn't even get a chance to even like enjoy what I did or even be proud of it or anything because like, I still feel like I have so far to go and it's not like I'm discouraged. It's definitely not like a discouraged feeling. It's just like, all right, let's go. You know? So I guess, yeah, it definitely does motivate me to put more work in, which at the same time, like I like this might sound bad also, but like, I definitely don't deserve to be even where I'm at right now because I've been doing this for two years where those guys, they've been doing it for, I think Jake started lifting when he was like 12, maybe even like earlier than that. So like, who am I to think that I deserve to be there? But like, you know, I'm going to put it in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, enjoy it. Like that's a huge accomplishment. Second in AO finals. Yeah. I think I took second, I took second in AO finals. I think I took fifth in nationals. That's awesome. I like fifth in the country, man. And you're like, and you're thinking that's not a big deal, but it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's super, it's definitely super toxic, toxic, like, but, um, at the same time, it's, it also is like sort of the reason that I've got here so fast, um, just because of that mindset. So, you know, but yeah, it definitely could be better. Yeah. It's just, it's always on the next meet. Like what can you total at the next one? Yeah. Which is also, oh no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's also rough with weightlifting because you only have so many meets. You know, it's like, when's the next meet? It's like, oh, it's like three or four months away, you know? And then it's like, if you do bad, that's why you have so much pressure, I feel like, when you do meets because it's like, you only have so many opportunities. It's like, if you go out and you miss your opener, it's like, well, this meet is already kind of down the tubes and I'll try again in four months or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's going back to that mental illness that we all have. Like yeah. it's weightlifting sport. Hopefully we're out of this rough patch here. When we have some meets hopefully coming up here and we can get back into like a normal schedule of every like three months or so have an actual meet. Yeah. I, I saw one of one of the coaches from Philly Barbell Jim said commented on USAW's thing and was like, just move all meets to Florida. 
Honestly. Well, yeah, but also this last meet was supposed to be Georgia and they still cancel it. I yeah. don't think Georgia really cares too much. Yeah, I know. It's wild. I think it's just the, the roasting that USA weightlifting would get if they hosted a meet. Yeah. I don't know if you got that. Uh, I don't know if it was just people that lifted in this last meet got the survey or if everyone got the survey, but it basically asked like, how comfortable would you be lifting at AL1 or whatever their North American, whatever they're calling it now? How comfortable would you be lifting in person? You know, like on a scale of one to 10. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm smashing 10, you know, I need to get in a, in a, in a meet. <laughs> yeah. Same here, man. It, there's nothing that replicates that environment. It's not dude. like, I like, I like to think it would give, it gives you like a good five, 10 kilos on your, just your clean jerk alone. Yeah. I would hope so. I hope so at my next meet. I tell myself that. At least, yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's just hit on your business a little bit while we got yeah. some time here, uh, build to heavy. What is, what is that? Uh, so I started it, I think it's probably been like three months now, which I feel really bad because the last couple of weeks I haven't been able to put a lot of time into it just because with national prep and everything. Um, but hopefully I can get back into it. Um, you can follow the page at, I think it's at build the heavy. I should know that. Um, but basically I just make homemade wrist wraps, um, homemade straps, pulling straps, and I'm going to start getting into um, just like some like apparel type stuff, you know, nothing like super fancy, but just, you know, it can rep the brand and everything. I think build the heavy is like a cool, um, just weightlifting type uh, branding. Um, but how I got into it actually was um, I've been using a certain type of wrist wrap for the last couple of years now. And it's kind of hard to find. There's a couple of businesses that do it, um, but I couldn't find one that, was the same as the one that I've been using because when it came time to buy another set of them, the, the brand that I bought from was gone. They decided to either not make them anymore or just were done with the business. I'm not really sure. So I was like, this can't be that hard to make, you know? So I started making them myself, um, literally just for myself to use. And obviously I had some extras, you know, I was like, does anyone want to buy these? Um, and they sold, literally in the day. And I was like, Oh, cool. Um, you know, I'll make another batch of them sold again in a day. And I was like, I'll just keep making these. Um, so I, I've been making these, um, I use them. I know a lot of people use them. Um, they like them. They're pretty affordable compared to most wrist wraps. I try to sell them under 20 bucks, which is pretty cheap for a wrist wrap, you know, all colors and stuff. Um, and I actually, one of my, the business is actually blown up more with the straps because I, I'll make like custom team straps with like your team logo on them and stuff. And I'll make them in like bulk, you know, 15, 20 or so for a gym. You know, and the gym seemed to like that because everyone wants to rep their gym. Um, plus if you weightlift, most people need pulling straps. They're not that expensive either. So it's just a cool thing to have. And I like doing it. I like um, being in contact with just different gyms and different communities and everything. I think it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, I'm definitely going to be in contact after this. Hopefully uh, I'll see if people better than, better than yesterday. Uh, custom straps, dude. Yeah. That'd be dope. That'd yeah, be really cool. Sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was really fun. Where can people go to follow you? Um, so Instagram is the big one. Um, it's uh, at Logan underscore Gruber G R U B E R is my Instagram. Um, that's basically it. And if you want to follow the business page at build the heavy, um, 
you can also follow um, at MKE Barbell. That's my gym. Um, they post a lot. They post me and post uh, the rest of us. We got some pretty good lifters at the gym. So if you want to follow what we're doing. Awesome, dude. Well, congrats on the medals. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. I appreciate it. I had a good time. That was fun. Once again, thanks so much to Logan for coming on the show. Really fun conversation with him. I feel like we could talk weightlifting for hours, so he'll definitely be back in the future. Make sure if you guys like this one to take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram story and just tag both of us. We would definitely appreciate that. Let us know what you liked about it. I'm definitely a big fan of Logan now, and I'll be following his weightlifting in the future. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys on the next one.